0: Good day, friends. Welcome to the Hello Well podcast. I'm Danae Johnson, your hostess, and today we are talking to Derek Simnit of Simnit Nutrition. He is a vegan athlete, he is a plant-based nutritionist. And if you're not already following him on YouTube, and Instagram, you need to. Because first and foremost, he is just such a fantastic human. It's no wonder he's got a following online because when you watch his content, you just fall in love with the guy. He has just got a good heart and you can feel it. Not only that, he also has really good big muscles. So that helps, right? Today, we're going to be chatting about veganism and all that comes with making that transition. You know, are you eating the right foods? Are you getting enough protein? Are you taking the right supplements? And just hearing about Derek's personal journey. So if this is something you're interested in, stay tuned. Hi. Hey, it's today Johnson calling. Hello. How are you?
1: Good. How about yourself?
0: Oh, I'm very well. Thank you. Good. So Derek, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast, first of all.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Happy to be here it's cool hearing like your voice and getting to actually be able to respond to it <laughs> on the radio it's only one way
0: that's so funny yeah, yeah i guess same thing on my end like seeing you on your youtube videos and on instagram always like man derek just seems like such a nice guy i'd love to hang out with him
1: yeah i guess it goes both ways i didn't really think about it like that totally
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely so Derek, for people who don't know you, and I don't even actually know this, I'm curious how or what got you into becoming a nutritionist in the first place? Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, there's a, I mean, there's a lot to that question, how far back do you want to go? But <laughs> I've always sort of like been interested in nutrition, you know, for a good part of my life, but never really like studied it. I guess just like always knowing that like if I sort of eat better, I feel better, but never like much beyond that. You know, what really was a turning point, like a pivotal turning point for me was when my dad, who was 56 at the time I was 16, got cancer and like passed away pretty quickly and he was a marathon runner he was a fit guy and you know wasn't like overweight or anything he looked you know just like a healthy dude was you know up at five every day going for a run going to work coaching my soccer and everything like that and then when he passed away I kind of like it really made me step back and like reevaluate things to go like what the heck like if he wasn't you know healthy enough to like fight off you know what happened to him and that sort of thing like you know yeah i i clearly have to like i've got to reevaluate things uh so you know he was a he was an englishman he ate a lot of you know, not a lot of bright colored foods. Let's just say. Mm. Uh, so I kind of started to to like realize, like the yeah, the value and the importance of like you know eating healthy and eating a vibrant like you know plant rich diet full of like you know bright colored foods. So I started doing a little bit of research on that and you know seeing the. Uh, the sort of correlations to the types of cancers that he had and his lifestyle and the way that he ate. Uh, he also, like, drank quite a bit as well. So, yeah, it kind of, you know, led me to this path of, like, you know, I, I found that I was just, like, studying this stuff and researching and, and doing this on my own where I was, like, you know, when I was you know going to work or whatever, I was in, like, public relations and I was in um, – in marketing and that sort of thing. So it never, you know, I, I just really wanted to like make those sort of things align. So yeah, at like 30 years old, I was like, I'm going to go back to school. And uh, it was a big jump for me to do that. But uh, yeah, I did it. And it was tough, worked a couple jobs at the same time and, and just studied my butt off and uh, yeah, eventually graduated. And then, yeah, there we are, nutritionist.
0: <laughs> wow. I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but that's so amazing that you've used that experience in your life and then changed your life and now you're impacting so many other people as a result Right?
1: yeah exactly yeah it is kind of a silver lining to it like yeah. Looking back on it, I, I, you know, losing your dad at 16, who was like your, you know, soccer coach and like, you know, was on the, you know, the sidelines of the hockey or at the, you know, the hockey rink and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's hard, hard to even imagine. But yeah, I, you know, got through it. Like we get, you know, we're strong when we have to be, you know, that's the thing. And uh, yeah, just got through it and I always knew like, yeah, I wanted to kind of figure out, you know, what had happened because I just feel like our bodies aren't like flawed by nature. You know, we're definitely like genetically predisposed to certain things, but I don't think that, you know, at 56 years old, someone who's like, you know, healthy and not overweight and can run a marathon should just be like, you know, dying like that.
0: No, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Didn't want to get into like that, you know, that right away. But yeah, and so that was definitely like a pivotal like moment in my life and, and definitely made me you know, kind of change my path and, and reevaluate things, and I want to put health first over top of, you know, things like money and the career and that and that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah. true. Like being a nutritionist, not the most lucrative career path, but mm. but in terms no. of l- life, I mean, what is more valuable than our health, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that your your dad uh, drank a little bit as well. I know you don't drink, right, Derek?
1: No, not often. I wouldn't say like maybe in the last few years uh, I've had about. Two or three drinks um but <laughs> no not very much No, i
0: would say two or three drinks in the last couple of years you'd probably qualify you as a non-drinker <laughs> no but i
1: definitely i did enough drinking when i was younger and i saw you know like they say that that we're um that we do have genetics that predispose us to addiction things like that and uh, i definitely have those addictive qualities yeah uh, and found that when i drank a little bit i wanted to drink a lot And then when I drank, you know, somewhat often, I always, you know, wanted to drink more often. So, yeah, I just feel like it's not something that uh, is really helpful to me right now. But I understand that for like some people in certain social circles and stuff like that, that, you know, a lifestyle of. Uh, not drinking might not, you know, be, you know, what they're looking for. So I don't think I don't necessarily recommend it for everybody. I don't think it's, you know, the the worst thing ever to have a couple of social drinks. But uh, at the same time, yeah, not not for me. It's right a tricky now. one.
0: I, I just was doing Sober September and there's no doubt about it. You feel so much better mentally, emotionally and physically when you're not drinking any alcohol. Yep. But yeah, there is that I, I personally find and I'm sure other people can relate to this. There is that challenge sometimes of when you're with friends and you're doing Social things. It's it's unfortunate how our society interweaves alcohol and usually not the healthiest food into so much no. of our social interactions.
1: Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, celebration uh, and yeah, I mean it is it's drinking and like barbecue or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're great every once in a while, but uh, yeah, it's a lot sometimes.
0: <laughs> so I'm curious, like, how do you navigate that now in your life? Do you just like cut out social stuff, or have you learned to? eat healthy and not drink and be around right. people who are still doing that? Yeah. Well, that's why
1: I said, like, depending on people's, like, social situations or whatever, because I don't really, you know, I don't live in, like, a city. I live in, uh, you know, a small town on Vancouver Island. So they're really, there's, like, one bar in town sort of thing and it's not a, a center of our entertainment here. So I don't really, it's just not in my wheelhouse, I would say. And I know that if I start, like, seeking out drinks to maybe have at home or have them in the house, again, you know, that's a slippery slope for me. So, yeah, yeah it's just not something that you know. That's really, that I even really have to navigate. I just don't really have to think about it. So that's why I understand for some people it's, it's a lot harder. But I did, you know, when I stopped drinking, I mean, that transitional period was a really interesting time because, yeah, my friends were still going to the bar and I knew I didn't want to drink. So, you know, there were some times where I just drink a little bit uh, and, you know, it wasn't really that fun. And then sometimes I'd try and be sober and, like, you know, it was okay. But uh, just, you know, trying to yell at, you know, people that you know across like a loud bar is like when you're not drunk it's not a real good time. Yes, <laughs>
2: so exactly.
1: Just, yeah, eventually started, you know, asking those friends like, let's go for hikes, hike, let's go skateboarding, let's go for a run, you know, come over for dinner or whatever and then, you know, those times started to become a bit more few and far between.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key. You gotta find new uh new social outlets mm-hmm. that, you know, you can still have the community because as human beings, like we crave connection. Yeah so you can't exactly. cut that out of your life. But yeah, you you got to shift the activities that you're you're doing with other people. Yeah, and don't get
1: me wrong. Like when I look back, and some of the best stories that I have to tell are like from you know some sloppy nights. So <laughs> I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's all that. But yeah, you have to be able to control it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. So before yeah. you became a nutritionist, like were you always this healthy, fit dude, or what was what well, were you like when like you were growing up? When I was young, I was into sports.
1: I played soccer and hockey, and I was into skateboarding. So it was sort of like just easy to stay healthy and fit and you know I say I was in like nutrition all my life but I would like you know I'd I'd have Mr. Noodles and then I'd add like broccoli to it and be like you know I'm a freaking I'm a chef over here I'm making (laughs) some you know I'm making some gourmet healthy meals but I didn't really realize you know what you know what you know real health was at the time just thought adding some green stuff to your plate was good enough but uh (laughs) no I was always really I was always quite lean for sure. And then uh, after I got out of like the team sports, I kept running and I kept skateboarding and um, doing mountain biking. So it was, it was always easy for me to stay lean. And then, yeah, once I started to get, you know, into the 40 uh, hour, or 50 hour work week jobs and uh, drinking more, my body definitely went from like being skinny to sort of like gaining some weight, you know, around the midsection and places where I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was like a bit of a wake up call when I, you know, at the, around that same time when I started to change my lifestyle. But uh that you know that would have been in sort of my mid 20s i guess by the time i really woke up right.
0: and I figured it
1: all out but yeah so i i wouldn't say i was like healthy all my life but always really active and that's really i think that's helped me to co- like continue to like stay active because when you when you play team sports and you're like and you're trained and you know how hard you have to work and you know how hard you have to push yourself in order to like progress to be the best on the team then you can like take that forward and into like you know things like bodybuilding and calisthenics which i like to do and other uh even like you know, skateboarding and other team sports, or uh, I mean, individual sports that, you know, maybe are a bit more self uh, mediated, you can kind of take that structure that you learned and apply it. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that, you know, active more so than like healthy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well,
0: that's great. I mean, it's so good to build those skills when you're younger. It seems like you love to live a healthy lifestyle. Like you genuinely love it. And oftentimes I think those habits are built from a really young age.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think for me, it's like, I just, I tried to like never stop playing. And I think mm. a lot of people kind of do, and they get like, you know, embarrassed as they get older to try and like climb on things or to sprint or jump over stuff because they're just not as good at it anymore. And you have practice and it's kind of not as accepted, right? But yeah, eventually I just you know started to not care so much about that thing and when i'd go for like you know runs and stuff i'd just start you know doing pull-ups on trees or i'd see a rock and all put my feet on that and do push-ups so they're really like you know decline <laughs> push-ups and just started to like use my environment a little bit more and yeah it's really helped me to, to yeah, keep at it and i don't really ever feel like when i work out that it's like a burden i just always do stuff that i like to do so if i don't you know if i'm getting tired of the gym i'll just start you know going biking more or, or running more and i love doing you know all those things so i just try to keep it fun
0: that's Really cool. It really comes across in your videos. Like for myself, Uh somebody who grew up, I grew up an overweight kid. And so for me, growing up, the gym was almost like a punishment Mm, of like society telling me my body wasn't acceptable. So I had to go to the gym. And it's taken me a a long time to really like shift my relationship to, you know, having fun and enjoying the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really cool to see somebody like yourself. I think for any parents that are listening, if you can try and help your kids build those habits and have a healthy relationship with, you know, exercise and body movement from a young age, yeah. that's going to last your whole life, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was never an aesthetic thing, like, I never really thought about, you know, about it keeping me, you know, fit for for that reason, it was always just kind of like, I want to be a better soccer player, I want to be the best on the team, I want to be a better, well, you know, I, do, I would, never was, but, you know, yeah. it was that sort of motivation <laughs> that yeah. pushed me, you know, I want to become a better skateboard. I want to learn all this stuff, and it wasn't, yeah, so, you know, I want to run further, and it, it wasn't like that, but now yeah with social media in it and now that i'm like in the gym and i'm like you know trying to build muscle or keep muscle or whatever i'm doing yeah. uh it definitely added a different element to it which is yeah definitely complicates things a bit in your head when you start talking about you know the aesthetics of it mm. yeah. yeah
0: okay so you have found that now that now because obviously like you're ripped derek like and people well, see that on your instagram your youtube and so they're like i want to do what he's doing yeah so you f- do you feel like that's impacted your relationship with your body or the gym like how has that worked for you yeah heck
1: yeah it it does well first of all i want to i want to like let everybody know that, like, with myself and everybody else, or many people on, on social media, we always post the best pictures. Of so course. Take, like, you know, and I don't take, like, 100 and find the best one. But, you know, I'll take three or four and, and you know, make sure that I get one with good lighting and, and a good, you know, angle and usually a bit of a pump after a workout. So I don't necessarily yeah. look like those photos all the time.
0: Does your girlfriend, like, lather you up with baby oil? <laughs> no, no, we don't go that far. And <laughs> okay. I really have a, I'm really not,
1: like, you know, it, it's hard for me because I am not motivated by this. But, but I know other people are. Yeah. Um. And I know it gives you like a like you know a bigger sort of public eye. Uh, but it's yeah. So it's kind of hard for me. I always sort of battle it. Uh, you know whether you know posting like oh I know if I post a shot you know or or a thumbnail or whatever with like my abs showing or a bicep pose or something like that and you know maybe a recipe you know me holding the dish. Yeah. I know like it's going to get double the clicks as if I'm just like in a baggy sweatshirt like holding that picture with a big smile and it's yeah it sucks. So yeah, it definitely definitely plays on you mentally. And it, yeah, it's, it's not any sort of struggle that everybody, even people that aren't in the social, I don't feel. I mean, everybody feels like they're, you know, judged and uh, like they always want to be fitter and that. And that's another thing, too, is like when you start working out, you have these goals of, of wanting to be bigger and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be so happy when I get there. And you start gaining some muscle and you feel really proud of yourself and then you realize that like you just never feel big enough you never feel lean enough You because you're always looking you know at least for me always looking at social media always comparing yourself to these people that you know might have a different edge than you might have who knows but better genetics I mean you know, maybe they're on some extra hormones or something like that I don't <laughs> know so it's really hard to not compare yourself and not like you know feel sort of inadequate and yeah if I were to like you know flash back to like five years ago and and then show myself now i'd be like man if i could only have that body that would you know everything in my life would be perfect like i wouldn't even care about anything else but now that i'm here it's sort of like all those other issues, anything I'm a self-conscious about or whatever, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> it's changed. But, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it or whatever. I, I still like challenging my body and, and still like pushing it. But I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think there's any way to sort of get away from that. And especially with social media being like so in your face these days. And uh, it seems like people's health decisions are often based on vanity and yes. looks. Like if you can get skinnier doing a certain plan or you can get you know whatever bigger shoulders doing this workout like people want to do that they don't want to do something because it's going to make you healthier live longer for the most part until they've had a health scare yeah
0: Yeah, exactly and I totally feel you on that frustration Derek you know it is that is my kind of love hate uh, relationship with social media whether it be Instagram or YouTube it's like the majority of the public are more wanting these health goals because like you said um, for most case a lot of it is vanity driven um, Mm and And yeah, I feel like YouTube and Instagram kind of nurture that mentality. Like they're very, like you said, if you post, you know, a photo of yourself flexing and looking good, that's going to get a lot more traction than if you're posting a photo of your delicious, healthy dinner that you're trying to encourage exactly. people to eat.
1: Yeah, I know. And then I, you know, and then I'm stuck in this sort of cycle of feeling like maybe, and I know that I'm, you know, perpetuating that a little bit because I do get, you know, I, I try to be cautious with it, and and but you know, you can't put a disclaimer on every photo like, "Hey, this is with good lighting," and <laughs> you know, and maybe whatever contrast turned up or whatever it is, you know. And uh, it took me five years to get here. You just can't do that, right? People just want to see the sexy part of it, like, "Oh, smash my workout today! Look how ripped I am!" and and move on. And yeah, I, I know that I'm sort of perpetuating this, so I, I often dabble with that as well and trying to find a balance. And I don't know if there is one, but you got to try and find
0: it. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the way that you go about it is great because you are getting people's attention with what right. you're posting. And then you are, your message is very positive and you everything you're posting and encouraging is inspiring and it's encouraging people to make healthier choices. So, right. you know, they might think that they're going to get that six pack of abs, you know, overnight, <laughs> which we know yeah. isn't true, but yeah. at least I feel like at least your message behind that, like once you get their attention is something that is going to positively benefit them
1: right well thank you yeah i appreciate that and yeah, yeah. I, I do try and uh, convey that message and i know that yeah you have to kind of you know use certain assets to your advantage and like your skills and what's going to set you apart from others yeah you know in order to to carve that niche and and to get a bit of a spotlight on you yes so um, yeah it's a necessary evil <laughs> but and, it, and it's a lot of pressure too to sort of like you know getting a bit older here i'm like 35 36 and you know it's like it gets harder to keep your foot on the gas like all the time as you age and like you know people expect you to stay like lean and like your biggest all the time and all of a sudden if you look a bit smaller in pictures you know you start seeing comments and people are you know like oh are you not you know are you doing something different now or you not trying to like are you trying to you know go d- like that's big or whatever it is and, um, know, and then you're like damn i want to you know you start looking at old pictures and you want to get back to that so yeah there's definitely like a big mental aspect to it and i know i'm not the only one that suffers with it because i do i talk to my friends about it as well that you know that do the same thing and just like you said it's like tough and it's on a lot of people's minds
0: oh man yeah thousand percent I'm I'm right there with you Derek yeah. <laughs> right there with you
1: but like I said in the beginning I just you know w- when you do' you sure it can you know you can feel better about yourself and everything but you're still gonna have things that you're self-conscious about and you're still gonna have you know uh, and you'll never be you know perfect right so yeah. we gotta be happy with how our bodies are now and like enjoy the process of getting to wherever it is uh, yeah
0: yeah and I think if we just focus more on our health the fact that what we're doing is We're doing this to feel good mentally and physically every day. I think if we can focus more on that versus it's when we start letting our ego <laughs> focus more on our appearance and, right. and what we should look like. For me, anyways, that's when I start kind of being really hard on myself. And I find if I just reel my thoughts back into like, nope, this workout today made me feel amazing. Yeah, I saw mm-hmm. some cellulite on my legs. But you know what? That's okay because I feel freaking fantastic. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I'm curious, Derek. What made you? Were you always vegan?
1: Oh no, I definitely wasn't. Okay. Um, no, I I started to transition to a vegan diet probably 10 or 11 years ago now. I would say. I started to transition it probably more than that. But the first time where I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this," was probably about 10 years ago. I slipped up you know, a couple times in the first year or two. And yeah, and then ever since then, I, I have been eating 100% uh, plant-based vegan. So yeah, I, it was about, what would I have been about 25, 24, 25 years old.
0: Hey, and what inspired that big shift? Right, yeah. So that's
1: always a, a big question. With me, it was sort of natural, like a natural evolution of my my you know sort of research and and studying on my own where you know i just kept reading like it's like you know we've always been told more fruits and vegetables and then you know i started looking at the science and you know more started coming out especially relating to my dad had colon cancer especially high meat intake and colon cancer and and also love you know love animals i i had a bird i had a cat at the time uh and i'm thinking like you know i'm i'm just eating these you know eating animals like three yeah. times a day and I started learning about the fact that a vegan diet can actually be like healthy like I didn't really know you know there wasn't, there wasn't as many people doing like social media and this sort of thing back then and you know I only knew one, one guy one of my friends in high school that was vegetarian and I always thought like wow it's amazing that you're willing to like sort of sacrifice your health is kind of what in my mind you know sacrifice your health it, for these for animals right the potential mm. like benefit of animals and I was always like, kind of on like I always thought it was really cool but I never really got it And then when I started realizing, like, yeah, we can live a healthy life and get all the nutrients that we need, minus B12, you should supplement that, Mm -hmm. Um, I started kind of trying to align those sort of values that I had and the thoughts and, and, you know, the nutrition that I'd been learning. And it was a slow transition. I started to buy, like, the free-range, you know, eggs and the grass-fed beef and all that because I knew that I wanted to help the animals. I wanted the animals to be in better condition, and I knew that it was healthier for myself as well and hopefully the environment. So I started to do that, but it was just really expensive, so I started to eat less of it. And then I noticed that some... You know, sort of health conditions that were just always lingering, uh, like joint pain, acne, you know, just sort of grogginess uh, in the morning, especially when I would wake up, that sort of stuff started to started to go away as i increased like my plant intake and and lowered the amount of animal products i was eating so this is a time where i was like changing my diet also eating healthier right so i mean it's gonna it's all kind of plays into to one another uh yeah so i just started then i you know cut out like the chicken and all that I was just doing like the eggs and cheese and uh i thought you know why you know why bother like i'm this far might as well just do it and uh yeah i went all the way and haven't really looked back too much since took the plunge yeah exactly
0: <laughs> So, did you ever get into doing like the the veggie meats? Oh yeah, yeah, I do that. Yep. Okay, you still rocking <laughs> the veggie meats?
1: Yeah, I still do. Uh, I don't. It's not ideal. It's not the healthiest thing for people to be eating. But I'll have it a couple times a week, and you know, I don't feel too bad about it. And it's not a big part of my meal, right? I'll have a couple like garden meatballs with a bunch of you know lentil pasta or something like that, and a bunch of stir fried veggies. So mm. you know, maybe. of my meal or something. Maybe the calories are coming from that. So I try not to like make it a big part of my diet, but I do eat them. Yeah, for sure. There wasn't as many when I was transitioning though. There was virtually nothing. There was a couple like, you know, Eve's products, and they were all, they were very good.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes. Vegan food has definitely come a long ways.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That is one thing that I see sometimes with people who are transitioning into a vegan diet is they have a tendency sometimes to go really hard into the processed vegan foods. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's like, a healthy vegan diet and then there's not as healthy of a vegan diet and i think ideally like you know we want to be trying to get like you were talking about before lots of like vibrant brightly colored foods like getting more plants into your diet mm-hmm. and then you know you can add some of those those kind of um those plants um, uh, almost as like meats. an
1: accent so, yes. you know sort of or, or a garnish and that's the way that you know in um in some of the the longer living uh you know, the longest living communities in the world, that's how how they treat like a lot of, you know, meat and other things. They yes. don't have it as like, you don't have like a, you know, a 16 ounce steak and then like a tiny serving of like French fries and a bunch of ketchup or something like, yeah. it's like, you know, they have a huge veggie stir fry and then some thinly sliced, you know, uh, meat on it or a tiny bit of eggs or whatever. And, you know, there's definitely something to be said about, about that, right. Mm-hmm. Um, about having, you know, most of your diet, you know, based around plants. So, yeah, that that uh, for me is a battle because I love those things. I wish that I could be one of those vegans that's like, oh, I don't even like crave those things. Or like when I walk by like, uh, you know, like a, a hot dog cart, like it makes me sick or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, no, that stuff smells good. But yes. it's, uh You know, but I know that I, would, I wouldn't want to eat some stuff. I mean, like liver and that, obviously, I don't think it smells good to anybody cooking, but um, – yeah, I do. I do like that sort of thing. But I agree. I know. And I see a lot, like, especially right now, a lot of people are trying to trying to bring down the um, the Beyond Meat Burger, the Impossible Burger, saying that it's like, is this actually healthy? And like, is veganism actually healthy? But that's like, you know, the way that it's kind of being um, talked about is sort of it's not really the the way that that stuff's designed to be eaten. Like, you're not supposed to just like take your like meat that you were having for dinner seven days a week and just replace it with like beyond meat burger and call it a vegan diet. Like that's not the idea. You know, the idea is to – I mean, I don't know their intention. Their intention is probably to make a lot of money and, to, <laughs> and you know, put out a vegan product. But, um, you know, I think the way that those can be healthfully used is, like, yeah, have them at barbecues. Have them, you know, on a Friday night if you're going to, you know, be out on your patio and have a beer and just want to have a good time. But the rest of the time, you should be eating, like, whole foods, like beans and lentils and rice and, you know, that sort of stuff rather than, you know, the processed uh foods
0: yeah exactly yeah they're a little bit more like a treat instead so can you tell us like i know you've got tons of videos on your youtube channel about this so people can go there and watch but like just a typical kind of day in the diet of what you usually eat derek oh
1: yeah cool so when i get up i always have lots of water right away sometimes i'll have a bit of lemon in the water like a quarter of a lemon you know uh the the juice of it in the water i'll do that i'll always start with like at least you know 750 milliliters of water first thing in the morning and then i'm usually trying to work out uh on an empty stomach in the morning that's just when i like feel best and i just working from home i find that if i can just get my workout done somewhat early in the day uh it just sets me up well for the rest of the day and i really look forward to it i love doing it so i find i'm just like kind of getting stuff done so that i can go out and, and work you know so i can go and work out where if I work out first then I have a bit more time and patience to do other things. Right. Um, So I'll work out. Sometimes I'll have a bit of coffee before my workout. If I, if I feel like I'm dragging my butt a little bit Um, or, like a uh, plant-based, um, pre-workout supplement, something like, like, uh, I don't, I don't want to say any names cause I'm not,
0: uh, <laughs> we're not, not endorsing at, any at products well. here. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, just like a, you know, just a plant-based one. And I, and I never take a full scoop. I've learned that I'm really sensitive to caffeine. Um, and we can talk about this, but, yeah, uh, and the same with coffee is like, if I do make a coffee, I'll make it like, I've learned about this, this term called half calf recently. And it's okay. like half, half decaffeinated, half regular coffee. Yeah. Um, or you can just have a half a cup of regular coffee, I guess, or have it half as right. strong. But uh, so I, I I'll do that uh, sometimes as well. And I I just find I have a better workout when I do. And my goal is to be in my best shape possible, so I find that that's like a reasonable thing, you know, for me to have before the workout. But yeah, so I'll do that. Have a little bit of uh, black coffee, possibly some um, BCAAs if it's been a if I'm really fasted. And I, you know, I wasn't eating late the night before or whatever. Then I'll go and I'll work out. And come home, and then I'll usually have a big smoothie or a smoothie bowl. Typically would be a few bananas, a couple of bananas, and a, a cup or two of frozen berries. And then some flax seeds. Uh, what else do I put in there? Some greens, a big handful of greens. A scoop of protein powder, plant-based protein powder, of course. Mm-hmm. And then that's about it. Water, almond milk, and just blend it up. So sometimes I'll have it as a smoothie, or if I make it thick, uh, it's a smoothie bowl. And then I'll put some granola and other treats on it. Like my favorite thing. I absolutely love that. Occasionally I'll have oatmeal when I come back from my workouts. If It's like a cold and dreary day and I'm just not feeling something too cold. I'll just make some oatmeal by blending up some water and banana and maybe even a date and then cooking the oats in that water. It's amazing. Yum. It's a really good way to naturally sweeten it. Add some cinnamon, and then, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll make a protein, like, milk out of, like, almond milk and a uh, half a scoop of protein powder. Nice. And then I'll put that on top. Yeah. So I'll, uh, one of those two things sort of after my workouts. Or a uh, – <laughs> I love food, and I'm actually kind of <laughs> hungry right now. Uh, or uh, a tofu scramble is another one yeah. that I will often do, which is just, like, you know, just this kind of – yeah, lots of veggies and then some tofu that's been mixed with some spices and turmeric to make it yellow uh so those would be my three options for after workout i usually only eat twice in the day okay uh, because i do fast in the morning so i'll eat a late breakfast and then i'll i'll work away and then i'll just have like dinner Uh, and that's usually probably what it is if i do have something during the day it'll be like peanut butter and banana on toast or avocado on toast uh, or something you know just really simple and quick like that maybe a small wrap and then for dinner i usually will have a stir fry like pretty common just like you know if i don't have any Anything cooked, uh, any like beans, rice, chickpeas, whatever, I'll just like open a can of black beans or chickpeas. And throw that into a saute pan with just a bunch of onions, you know, chopped up veggies, some seasoning. And then maybe I'll put some chunks of tempeh or tofu in there uh, or maybe some, uh, I don't know, some fake meat or something. But I I, I mean, it's not all that often that I do that. And yeah, and then I'll just make a sauce with, with like uh, like tahini, and maybe a tiny bit of maple syrup, garlic powder, onion powder, a bit of balsamic vinegar, some water to get it all going, some salt and pepper. And then, yeah, put that on top and there you go. That sounds
0: delish.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I'm not a huge snacker, but I'm not, like, uh, totally immune to, like, buying a, you know, dark chocolate uh, bar and having a few cubes here and there. Mm. Sort of but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have – I don't generally, like, you know, just have, like, a bag of chips or anything laying around that I'm just snacking on during the day. I try and keep that stuff out of the house because I do have taste buds for all things salty and
0: sweet. <laughs> don't we all, my friends? Yeah. Don't we yeah. all? So it sounds like – are you almost kind of doing, like, some intermittent fasting, Derek?
1: Well, I guess you'd call it that, yeah. I, I, I you know, I hesitate to say it because I find people – get really caught up in like labels and terms and and sticking with something I did a video on it a while ago and it was just like for the next six months it was just questions about that like (laughs) like specific questions like what if I have lemon water is that enough to bring me out of the fast what if I have coffee with like a tiny bit of like sugar what if I have cream in it or what like and it's just You know, I'm like, man, these details are like, you know, now you should be focusing on, you know, and it is important if you want to fast, you got to be fast. So I'll give him that. But, you know, it just works for me because I will, you know, I'll stop eating at, you know, seven or eight o'clock. I'll try not to eat anything after that. I say try, sometimes it'll happen, but yeah. if I have enough, cal- if I find if I'm eating late in the night, I haven't had enough calories during the day, and I know that, and I try and correct it the next day by just eating more in the day. But uh, yeah, so I will, uh, what was the question again? Man, sorry. sorry.
0: Um, intermittent fasting, like are you intentionally <laughs> yeah. doing yeah. that, or are you just more, li- it sounds like more like you're just listening to your body then, and this is what works best for you.
1: Yeah, I always just got up and ate, because it was like what you, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and you gotta eat, and when you do go, like when you have to go to school at eight o'clock, or you have to go to a job or whatever, and you're busy until noon, like, it's really hard to fast until then because your brain just uses up like, so much so much energy and you need so much focus. Yeah. So it's really hard, but, you know, for me, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't get up the earliest ever and I'll just, you know, kind of do a bit of work in the morning, answering emails uh, on our Facebook group that we have, answer some comments while I'm drinking water and then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just bust out the door, have a workout and then I'm back home, you know, sometime, you know, before noon and then I uh, have a big, big breakfast, brunch or whatever you want to call it and then, just eat later in the day. I know I feel best when I work out fasted, and if I'm, like, pretty strict on the, like, not eating after dinner and not, uh, and then, like, you know, working out early fasted, I know that I can, like, get fairly lean pretty easily without having to think too much about it. Yeah. But I think a lot of it comes, and I always tell people this is just, like, if you make the rule to not eat anything after dinner, you're probably going to see some positive changes in your life. So anyway, true. Because, it makes
0: such a big difference. Yeah.
1: Because let's face it, like after dinner, we're not reaching for like celery sticks or, <laughs> you know, for the most part, or it's like not our first choice, right? Like you're like, I'm looking in the cupboard and I'm mixing up like, you know, peanut butter with whatever I can find, you know, some chocolate chips or something like I'm doing not good things after dinner. So Amen. that's why, yeah.
0: I want carbs at night. That's usually my go-to. Yeah, Oh, well, there you mm, go. Like yeah, popcorn so, or any, yeah, any yeah, carbs, really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Popcorn's a pretty good one, though. I actually, like, you know, there's not a lot of calories in that, and so, you know, it's really satisfying to eat. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I hear you. So that's the thing. If I just don't, it's not necessarily, like, I, there's definitely definite benefits in, in fasting, for sure, as far as, like, you know, cell turnover and all sorts of different things and mm-hmm. but uh, in our metabolism. And our gut flora, but just just not eating after dinner, uh, and then working out in the morning, like you know, just on an empty stomach. I mean, yeah, that that alone. I mean, that is intermittent fasting, but that's going to definitely help a lot of people, yeah. whatever you call it.
0: So, Derek, do you really like? Are you really mindful of the amount of protein that you eat? throughout the right. day are you like yeah. counting grams like how do you interact with that yeah good question it's funny i
1: never like subconsciously i i think about protein but in my you know i don't really think about it outright i'm not just like always searching for it as people <laughs> assume i think we, you know vegans and, and uh, vegan athletes uh are it's not really like that and it is and it's funny like it's always you know it's kind of a joke in the community like where do you get your protein right but people are so concerned about it that like i try not to I try and educate because, yeah, it is a worry for so many people. And, and what I've discovered is that as long as you get enough calories from a variety of plant foods, you will get enough protein. So, you know, even if you, if you plug in, like, I don't know, a lot, any food, if you get enough calories, you're going to get enough protein. I mean, you're going to be eating, you're not just going to be eating celery or just lettuce for the day. You wouldn't be able to get enough calories of that anyways. So I do think about having a protein-rich sort of source at each meal, whether it be like, you know, beans or some tofu or protein powder in my smoothie, or if I don't do protein powder, I'll have extra hemp seeds or whatever. Uh, But it's not anything that I track and I never track my food. So I just, yeah, I just make sure that I eat enough.
0: That sounds like the way to do it. I think you can, you know, like growing up, I don't know about you, but uh, as a young girl who was overweight, very much so kind of was told and got in the habit of tracking food. And it's like, that's not an enjoyable way to live your life. No, (laughs) no.
1: No, the way that I, like, you know, and and something that's been really helpful for uh, clients of mine when I was taking on clients is to just, like, increase the amount of, like, fiber-rich and water-rich foods that you're eating if you want to, like, you know, lose weight. So, the you know, steamed broccoli and steamed carrots and, you know, those sorts of foods that are, are, you're still going to be able to eat quite a bit of them, but that are, you know, high in nutrition but fairly low in calories. And then it seems simple enough, right? But then obviously cut back on the foods that are, like, a lot more dense, you know, things like uh, like nut butters and, you know, of course, processed foods. And, you know, not that pasta or whatever should be shunned completely, you know, but, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And rather than having three quarters of your plate pasta and one quarter maybe steamed veg, maybe try half and half for a little while, right? And,
2: totally. uh,
1: and I find just kind of, yeah, adjusting the ratios of, of those types of foods is a really – sort of easier way to do it rather than having to track
0: yeah so when you i know you're not working with clients anymore right derek no not right now no when you were working with them before like uh would you get people to track their macros
1: it depended on the situation i mean for you know some i I would try to avoid it as much as i could but people want results and they want to see like them fairly quickly so sometimes it's necessary i guess but as much as i could get away from it i would but when people are transitioning to a plant-based diet I I would always recommend because they don't realize how much more sparse in calories like eating a vegan diet could be. So while it might be really helpful for some people at first to lose weight, they might find that they suffer in energy or strength of the gym and not, not, and they'll equate it to the, you know, maybe quality of protein or whatever, but it's, you know, might just be that they're not eating enough.
0: Right. Okay, yeah. so what about protein combining? I know, like, yes. I know you and I went to the same nutrition school. I don't know about we went different years. The year that I was there, they were hammering pretty heavy, like make sure you're combining the different proteins perfectly <laughs> Perfect. so that you don't miss out on the amino acids.
1: Oh man, I and they still living in the past. Eh? Yeah, I think that. It's cool to learn about that stuff because it's, it's, it is neat to know that, like, you know, some things are lower in certain amino acids than others and that, you know, we need them maybe at certain different amounts. But um, yeah, no, it's nothing that I ever think about because our body do it recycles. It's really smart and it recycles amino acids for 48 hours or more if we need to. So you, yeah, it's, as long as you're eating a variety of foods, if you eat you know rice today and beans tomorrow, it's gonna <laughs> they'll accompany each other just fine. It'll balance out. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, I've I've talked to some of the plant based doctors that ever in the in the industry, and I ask them this too, and they say you know I've never had any clients come in that are like deficient in a certain amino acid or even in protein for that matter, like it just, unless they're uh, not eating enough. And that's really when it happens. Right. If you're just, if you're, you know, like starving yourself basically. Right. Uh, So it's not something that I, that I think about at all. No.
0: Yeah. It was really interesting. Like, I don't know about the year that you went to school, but I really was shocked because Um, I mean, I went into the school fully vegan and I was expecting a holistic nutrition school to be like very pro-vegan. And a lot of the teachers who were naturopathic doctors, uh, honestly, like a number of them were kind of the other way around. And a lot of them were kind of like, you know, you really need to count how much protein you're getting a day and not enough pe- people are not getting enough. And I was kind uh, of shocked by some of that.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it. What I did feel it was certainly dependent on the teacher that you had. Um, but I did feel, like, and I, I have a theory as to why the naturopath, doctor, teachers often felt that way. And it's probably because the clients that they would get in are people that aren't well, right? Like, mm. they don't have me coming into them being like, hey. I just managed to do 25 pull-ups, and I rode my bike to the gym, and I'm eating really healthy, and I don't have any problems. You know, it's like they don't see they don't see healthy people; they see people that come in. and uh, I think a lot of people that seek out alternative medicine maybe have gone down that path of of plant-based eating because they've already kind of you know sought out that different uh, avenue of, of health, anyways. So then what's the next step if you haven't, you know, sort of fixed your health conditions? Because I don't think that, you know, for the most part, you're, you're you know, your person who's eating the standard American diet, the first thing that they do is not going to go to a naturopath doctor to kind of help their heart or their whatever. They're going to go to a, regular doctor get a bunch of meds and you know and they're being going to be on with it but then when someone's a you know super in tuned and they're feeling the energy of their body and they're doing yoga all the time and you know and they they switch to this vegan diet and they're trying to eat really lean and not you know and on unclean foods that sort of thing and all of a sudden yeah, you might start seeing these people, I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. So in your mind, do you feel like a vegan diet can work for anyone? Yeah, you know what? I think
1: 99% of the time, yeah, 100%, I think so. 99% of the time, 100% of the time. I sound like Ron Burgundy or whatever. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it like works every time, 70% of the time. But yeah, I think so. There are definitely some people who have some genetic predispositions to not being able to convert certain nutrients. That's really rare. And I think there's some people who may... Yeah, have you know the, their gut microbiome might be in, you know so adapted to the way that they're eating now that they have a real hard time transitioning and eating you know plant foods that are maybe higher in fiber. But I think uh, over time and, you know, given the sort of patience and the right sort of education and maybe some some help, you know, I think everybody could. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know, most people that I've spoken with seem to thrive on it, you know, right away. As long as they're not doing anything that's too sort of like fringe, like, you know, just trying to eat a strictly raw diet or, you know, super low fat or anything like that. So
0: what's your opinion on, I think I saw you did a video on this not too long ago about... (laughs) You know, there's been some vegans, like, well-known influencers on YouTube who were fully vegan and then (laughs) went off the vegan diet. Yeah. Do you have a theory on why there has been a decent amount of people kind of coming off of it?
1: Yeah, well, at first it's, like, just the influx of people that are trying, that have, like, moved towards it in the last 10 years, right? There's going to be more people dropping off just because of the sheer numbers of people that are... That are doing it but another one another point i think is that a lot of the, the people that you that you see that did drop off we're doing those extreme sorts of things that i mentioned right and i i don't you know if if anybody listening to this is is sort of in the vegan scene they'll know but you know people were trying really crazy things doing Super long fast you know like i said just eating raw diets which i think can work for some people but i think for the most part yet you know you have to pay real close attention to your diet if you are i guess uh, I, I, it's not something i recommend but yeah it sort of seemed like that right and and of course there's going to be you know certain pressures and stuff throughout your life that and you're going to get you know sick whether you're vegan or not and Whether people want to work through that as a vegan or turn to, you know, eating eggs and fish or whatever to try and overcome those things is, I guess, going to be up to them. But, yeah, it was definitely a thing for a while. Yeah, you're right. Mm
0: -hmm. I think with any diet, uh, but since we're talking about a vegan diet, you know, I think it it is important to, as you mentioned, like, make sure you're supplementing with B12. Mm -hmm. Do you supplement with B12? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely do. Okay. Uh, And, yeah, focus on eating more of the healthy plant-based foods as opposed to just eating a ton of processed vegan food.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's another one. But you know what, I haven't even seen, like, it wasn't even the people that, at least that I saw, that sort of slipped off the diet for the most part. They weren't people that were eating, like, a bit, like, the garden burger here and there, or whatever. It was, like, you know, this quest to be, like, super clean and, you know, never mm. eat anything that was, you know, like, high fat or whatever it might be. I don't know. But, uh, that was my impression, at least, of, of that whole thing.
0: Okay, they were going a little extreme with it. Exactly,
1: extreme. I don't think you have to, to fake needs in order to be healthy, but it was sort of like, yeah, it definitely seemed like people were trying some fringe things, and that le- that led to it. But,
2: okay.
1: you know, I don't know, whatever. People are <laughs> on their own journeys, and we yeah. have different pressures in our life. And when you're when you're sick and you're unwell and you're not feeling good, it sucks and you want to do anything that you can to feel better and like you, at the end of the day like yeah you are number one you got to look out for yourself very true in my opinion in my practice and what i've studied i don't feel like having them on like a not on meat center diet would be more helpful to mm. anything but people that have different experiences and different education than me they might feel like that's necessary so we're, you know they're all just doing what the best they can so
0: i'm curious to hear your your kind of stance on what about tofu
1: yeah i love tofu i think it's great yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't shy away from the soy at all. No, uh, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I try and eat, you know, organic, non-GMO soy for, you know, for a number of reasons you know, environmental and just lack of research on GMOs and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't avoid it at all. I don't think that it's the feminizing issues that people worry about. It has mm-hmm. phytoestrogens, but, you know, as we learned, they're a lot weaker than uh, mammalian estrogens and even than the xenoestrogens that you find in the environment. And, you know, they've been shown to have protective qualities against certain types of cancers, hormonally Balanced cancers like breast cancer and prostate cancer in men. So they, You know, I don't think that we should be eating exclusively soy and maybe, you know, don't have it constantly. But I, yeah, it's not something that I totally shy away from. Another concern is with, it's a, you know, it's goitrogenic. So for your thyroid, right, you want to make sure that you're getting a good source of iodine in your diet, having some like sea vegetables if you're not having iodized salt. Yeah, would be my recommendation if you're gonna have soy, but yeah, yeah I think tempeh probably better because it's fermented, it's a little easier to digest, right? Uh, it is one of the common allergens, so it's definitely if it you know, if it doesn't work for you and you have and you have problems with, you know, an autoimmune condition or digestion, then I would say probably avoid it until you figure that out further. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: it's an interesting one to talk about. Like, I'll be honest that I love tofu. And I feel like over the years, like it's one of those foods where you hear conflicting studies. And sometimes I feel like, do we know for sure? Is this 100%
1: good? Yeah, I know. I think there's a lot of uh, powers at play that like don't like the fact that tofu can be you know, maybe mimic so many different, you know, products that there's a lot of financial interest in, like the meat industry, for instance, right? You know, so it's, I I think that there's definitely vested interest in, in certain groups to demonize it. For sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's a bean, it's a legume, you know, uh, one of the two. I don't know. what is. Are they both the same? I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's, it's a legume, though. You know, just like other beans, uh, it's, just, it's just a bit higher in uh, the phytoestrogens. But, you know, hops in beer, hops is even higher than that. And no one seems to care when they're drinking mm. beer that, they're, that it's full of phytoestrogens. That's a so. really
0: interesting point. Yeah, you, you definitely got to look at the food lobbying side of things. Uh, that definitely factors into the messaging and the marketing and what we're being told, which foods are good for us and which are not. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, which, mm. is too, which should be criminal. And uh, it's mm-hmm. too bad that, you know, Canada just did a huge thing this year where they took all the sort of financial interest and all the lobbying out of the food guide. And look, we're left with like a plant-based, you know, plant-centered food guide, wow. uh, which is pretty incredible. Where in, in the States and stuff like that, like where, even in here, I mean, yeah, the milk industry, The meat uh, industry, those are some of the largest and most powerful industries, you know, so they obviously have a large, a lot of pull into what's recommended.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure I already know your response to this one, but curious how you feel about the good old keto diet that's so trendy right now.
1: Yeah, it is. (laughs) I think that, uh, I think everyone's looking for like a shortcut or um, also like a secret that people, just something that they can get an edge, right? And I think it's hard because we're all really like worn down. We're all tired. And fast food's everywhere, and uh, and then you see these, like, models on Instagram stuff, and you want... You just, like, want to do anything, right? And it's hard when you're just, like, you're working 10 hours a day, and you're just, like, trying to eat somewhat healthy or whatever, and then, you know, and you're not getting those your goals, because you're probably... You know, your lifestyle might not be set up for it. You might be a bit old. You might... Whatever. It might be, right? And then all of a sudden, this little, like, golden nugget comes along, and it's like, hey, if you just, like, take the bread off of your, like, burger, you know, mm-hmm. or you just do this, like, you can start getting leaner or whatever. So, I think that... Yeah, it's definitely tempting for a lot of people, and I think people can lose weight on it, but I think in the long term, I don't think it's ideal. I mean, being in ketosis is like a survival state for our body. Uh, I don't think it's something that we want to uh perpetuate for long periods of time yeah, yeah i mean yeah. Just th- thinking of like the you know just just looking at the foods you know on it like you're not eating like fruit a lot of fruit for the most part you're staying under 30 net grams of carbs a day it's like it's really hard right it's like yeah. a cup of beans and an avocado i think and you're getting over it it's like i don't even know you know what i guess you would ha- almost have to eat a uh a very meat-centered diet Mm-hmm. to do that for uh, sure i don't know i feel like the any sort of uh, proposed health benefits there minus those for like medical reasons like epilepsy and stuff i think that any of the proposed health benefits for the average person can be done better on a plant-based or plant-centered diet than on that like losing weight you know more focus whatever faster reaction time better at sport more endurance leaner you know whatever i think it can all be done on a plant-based diet and i think even better with uh, having a lot more Fun eating the delicious mm-hmm. foods.
0: Yeah, it's a really extreme diet. And it's interesting, the people that I talk to who are attempting to do it, I think a lot of people don't even realize that putting your body into ketosis is putting your body into the utmost survival mode.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: like, that's probably not going to be healthy for your body to be in that extreme kind of like fight or flight survival mode all the time like that doesn't sound like that's gonna be good for you
1: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know yeah, and I, I mean yeah i know i know and yeah it's tough i, I never like to put in these sort especially when people are putting effort into like what they're eating and getting healthier it's really hard to like you know it's, it's easy to criticize someone or like if someone's died when they're not you know when they're just eating junk and and you know and then they're you know not feeling well or whatever you can be like you know look you're like you're not even trying kind of thing but yeah it's hard when someone's like you know they're trying really hard and it's like man you might be fighting an uphill battle it's really hard to to make that discussion but I, I think, you know, the Atkins diet, came and go, and, you know, this is just another version of it. So I think it'll, it'll sort of peter out as mm-hmm.
0: well. Yeah. Okay, Derek, last question for you, and then we'll Are let you sure? go. I'm okay. just curious, like, what would you say is the number one question that you get from your followers?
1: Wow. I, I get... Such a variety of questions. The thing that comes from that is like people are like confused and people just don't know what to do. And I think uh, there's just so much information out there being shoved in our face all the time that people are like, should I be eating carbs? Should I be going keto? Should I like, you know, are beans good for me? Is like tofu even like good? Am I going to turn into like a woman? Like there's just so many questions. And uh, I think like, you know, the, the biggest thing, if I could leave everyone with, you know, one main message is to just like go back to our roots, just, you know, eat really basically simply whole foods that we're used to seeing don't overcomplicate things like eat enough and just move your body and do something that you like. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. You don't have to be the best yoga yogi ever. You know, you just have to just do something. Well
0: said. Yeah, man. No, that's it right there. If it's grown in the ground or on a tree, eat it, move your body every day. That's, that's just some good life advice right there exactly. from Derek Simnet.
1: Yeah, don't don't overcomplicate things. So true.
0: Awesome, Derek. Well, if people do, you know, have questions, they can find. Your YouTube channel is fantastic. You answer so many amazing questions. Um, where is the best place other than your YouTube channel for people to find you? Yeah,
1: yeah. so just um, Instagram. I'm, I'm quite active on my stories on there. I don't post as much as I should, but I'm on the um, on my stories every day. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. I have a website as well, SimnettNutrition.com, but it's just sort of a final frame everything else.
0: Fantastic. Is that where people you've got a delicious ebook that I bought. Is that where people can oh, get that? Oh, thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah, you can get it there for sure. Yeah. I did oh maybe you were setting me up to say oh you can you can buy my ebook too. But uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I got like 30 something plant-based recipes. Just stuff that I eat. Stuff that's really simple. A lot, of the rest, a lot of the ingredients overlap so that you don't have to, you know, go out and find some like rare spice that's You know, from the corner of the Amazon, and then for the next (laughs) recipe, you have to find some, you know, some grain that you've never heard of before. It's all pretty common stuff and uh, nice and healthy and simple. So, yeah, that's available um, on my website as well, submitnutrition.com.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you, Derek. Thank you for inspiring us all and taking the time to chat.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Thank you so much.
0: Don't you guys just love Derek? Oh, man. I just like smile nonstop when I'm talking to that guy. So, if you are thinking about transitioning into a vegan diet, definitely follow Derek because he is constantly posting delicious recipes specifically on his youtube channel but also on instagram he's just very inspiring to watch he works out every day and it's just really somebody who embodies living a healthy lifestyle so go get his ebook give him a follow and uh, thanks for tuning in if you guys enjoyed this week's episode share it with somebody else who you think might get something out of it all right next week on hello well we are going to be talking the science of weight loss So we'll talk to you then. Have a great week and be hella well.